A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. This is the Ocean Protect Podcast. Talking about the issues that face our oceans and what we can do about it. Presented by Ocean Protect. Committed to change. Peter, Jan, Carl, welcome to the Ocean Protect podcast. Yeah, thank you. Now, uh, I actually came across your name uh, probably about two years ago now. It was a uh, National Geographic article, Tires, the Plastic Polluter You Never Thought About. You were cited in that article, and, and as was one of your papers that you've published. To be honest, I've never really thought about it before. I guess one of the beauties of this podcast is we, we get to learn so many cool things. And one thing we, we often find is that we learn things we never really thought about previously. And I've never really thought about tires as a significant source of plastic pollution. But certainly the research that you've done and a small group of others have shown that it actually is a, a very significant source of microplastics in our ocean environment. I'm keen to sort of delve into the detail around your research, but I guess first up, you're obviously calling from the Netherlands? Yeah, it's from the, from the, from the Netherlands, uh, say n- Northwestern Europe. Uh. So obviously we're on very different timescales, so it's very early in the morning in, where I am in Australia, but it's, it's, I'm guessing it's quite late at night where you are. Yeah, it's, in two hours, it will be midnight uh, here. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, certainly, <laughs> certainly appreciate you uh, sharing your time this evening. You're studying at the uh, University of Netherlands, but you've obviously got a full-time job doing something else. Is that right? Yeah. When I started my job, say 40 years ago, it was in constructing of uh, medium voltage uh, switch here. So for the electricity uh, transport net. Mm-hmm. And... Then I should do a, a project management course, and then I chose one at the Open University, so I started there. And then just for fun, I did a geology course uh, there, and then it stopped a while. And then when my children came off school, uh, I, I had some time. I thought, oh, let's let's do some studies again at uh, Open University, and then started uh, environmental sciences uh, there. And one of the courses I had to do then. Uh, it was in the 2010 about that I started again there. So 10 years ago for a certain course, you had to do a presentation of and, and a study. And I thought, ah, let's do tire wear because tire wear, I, I went to the Plastic Soup Foundation. Yeah. That's a Dutch NGO on awareness of, of, of plastics, debris and, mm. and, and fighting it. And they had a science cafe in, uh, here in the neighborhood and I went there. And on the way back, I saw a newspaper uh, in the train, and it showed uh, a Formula One track. On the track, there were all those rubber crumb. Uh, yeah. I was, yeah. I was thinking, yeah, where would that end? Uh, <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I, I did some literature study, and then wasn't much uh, known about it. Uh, you saw th- 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 there was some literature you could find on the amount of wear from a single tire of, of, of from a car, but not 
the, the whole figure. Uh, and then I thought, oh, let, let's look for the course. Let's uh, figure it out for Holland. And then I did it. And then it came out, it was just over half a kilogram uh, per person in Holland. So for the 17 million people living in Holland, it, it, it was about, for each of them, more than half of a kilogram. And that's where these numbers get absolutely staggering, don't they? Like, uh, you, yeah, I guess we, we sort of need to backtrack a little bit. But, yeah, like the numbers you're talking about in terms of the masses of microplastics entering our environment, uh, particularly our waterways and oceans from tyres, is a substantial amount. And, and again, it's not something that I've even really considered. And, and I guess prior to you, your research and I guess having this light bulb moment thinking about the, the Formula One tires and, and thinking, Oh, where that, I wonder how much and, and wonder where that goes. Yeah. It's not an area that we've actually really looked, I guess previously science has actually looked into any, in any significant detail. We know plastic is a big issue in the ocean. Uh, but there's very little, I guess prior to probably 10 or five, 10 years ago, there's never really been much discussion around where it's coming from. And there's a real misconception around where it's coming from. And I think. Tires would be the last place, well, one of the last places that anyone would even consider as being a significant source of plastic. But it's, it's obvious, yeah. You, you obviously see the Formula One drivers and anyone who's riding a bike or driving a car. And I know, obviously, in in Netherlands, you, there's a lot of bike riding going along. But you see the the debris on the sides of roads, and obviously, that has to go somewhere. And you need to buy new tires for your car. Yeah. And, and that's because they wear. And that, this is a, this is a really interesting stat I saw out of your, one of your papers is, and this, I, I'm, I'm keen to hear it from you. How much weight is actually lost over the life of a tire from your research? It's about 15% uh, of, of a tire uh, that is lost. Yeah. Depends a little bit on the type of tire. And mm. in Europe, you have the summer and the winter tires. Yeah, and you can can wear a, a summer tire down to one point six or one point four millimeters, but the winter tire you should abandon uh, at about four millimeters. Then the, the grip, uh, so that they will wear less because they all start with about eight millimeters. Yeah, and one of your papers talks about weight. I think that on average, a typical car tire over its lifespan will lose about a kilo of weight. Yeah, and you have four of them. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, there's so many people driving around the countryside. And that's where, when you think about that weight loss alone, and we'll talk about what's in car tires in a sec, but that weight loss alone is significant per person, per car. And then when you multiply that by the number of cars driving around your country, then around the planet, the numbers just start getting unbelievably large. So I guess just backtrack. So this is still your part-time gig. You're like You're basically just studying part-time at the yeah. University of Netherlands. So, yeah. so you've done pretty well, you know, for a, someone who's studying part time, you know, uh, who's got uh, an article uh, or being, you know, obviously there's been published papers, but you're being cited in the National Geographic magazine and now you're young on podcasts. And, and, and it's quite interesting the fact that this, you're all, almost essentially this worldwide expert of, of microplastics <laughs> and, and tires as a result of doing a, a university degree part time. It's staggering. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Are you are you like a pretty cool guy on campus? Like you 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 walk around to the other students and go, yeah, I'm I'm just going on a podcast tonight. I got published again yesterday in the Time Magazine. I, I'm I'm also <laughs> dean of the student union, so a lot of oh. people know me. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's that's incredible. And, and sorry, I, I should confirm. What is your actual full time job? Uh, I, I'm I do the remote monitoring of uh, gas turbines in the transport uh, in the grid, say. Right. So the the, the ones uh, bringing the the gas from 
Russia to to Europe. So something very unrelated to microplastic contamination and tyres and yeah. Wow! Look, honestly, Peter, you're an inspiration <laughs> to mature age uh, students everywhere. Uh, so well done on that. But let, let's let's backtrack. Yeah, a but it's, it's also yeah. was a lot of luck, I think, uh, because you, you you get a subject which is uh, quite interesting. No, nobody uh, mm. really uh, figured uh, it out, and then a newspaper was interested in it. Mm. And they they published it, it and then it was uh, on TV and then it it starts rolling. But it's it's it, it's a lot of luck uh, you, you need to have. Uh, well, you may be being very modest there, Peter. But look, at, it might be luck. But uh, look, we're certainly uh, we're certainly interested to hear more about this research. So, but, but backtrack a little bit. What are tires made of? Well, they started in the eighteen ninety two or something. So one hundred twenty years ago, and then it will have been natural rubber. With some mm. sulfur uh, to, to to make the crosslinks in it, and perhaps an activator, uh, a sink, and and some filler, mm. some carbon black. But uh, the carbon black in the meantime has been partially replaced by uh, silica, so a, a, a glass uh, beads, uh, one can say. Mm. Oil has been added, uh, the aromatic oils to get uh, more grip, especially in wet conditions, mm. and uh, get a, a more soft uh, tire, mm. and Cobalt has been added. So, so you can get a lot more substances can do some harm to the environment. Mm. So they, they became yeah. more toxic from the, from the first ones. And then yeah. the, the aromatic oils, they were in Europe, they were abandoned in 2010. So there, there's now just a little bit uh, polyaromatic hydrocarbons. Uh, in just, it was 10 times more before 2010. Mm. But uh, the, the particles also are a burden to... Uh, to, to some animals, uh, if, if you have the, the, the Daphnia, the uh, water flea, mm. they, they they will uptake the the particles and then get their uh, the digestion system. It's filled and there's there's no more place anymore for uh, for food. So mm. the, the plastic mm. particles are uh, displacing the food and then they don't grow and they are affected by all kinds of things. And they yeah. also hamper from zinc. So you, you see effects on 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 water life directly. Uh, but you also see there are antioxidizers uh, are in the rubber. And just in December, I saw an article came out on on the salmon in North America. Uh, mm. They died from a specific substance which was formed by a reaction of a antioxidant and an ozone in the environment. And then the toxic was formed and the salmon died. Uh, so there's a direct link now between tires and environmental damage of, of salmon. Uh, and you, you referred to that sort of salmon study and, and yeah, they, they, I, from what I remember, there was a whole bunch of basically salmon dying in this stretch of river and, and the scientists couldn't work out what was causing it and looked almost like a CSI investigation. They, they narrowed down and they yeah. identified that, yeah, the, the, the vehicle tires were the, the key, I guess, contributor to the death of these salmon. But this is a weird thing. And you sort of cite a, a, a sort of the water fleas, but obviously water fleas are just a sort of a, parasite or, or, or insect that's used as a sort of bit of an indicator to what might actually happen to other sort of species as well. So if, if obviously all the tires in a, um, in a solution with some water fleas and, that, and the water fleas all die, yeah, that, that, that probably indicates that, yeah, tires aren't actually that great. But this is the weird thing I find is that there's, there's a real lack of science around the impact of tire debris on aquatic species and even humans as well. And I spoke to a recent podcast chat with a, a guy called Jack Audie. 
uh, from the University of Tasmania talking about um, the human health impacts of microplastic contamination. And, and his words were, he's gravely concerned around this potential impact. And he talks about this idea of mind the gap. So we're very quick to sort of use various materials and substances like DDT and asbestos uh, and uh, CFCs, et cetera without really any appreciation of the potential consequences of those uh, materials in the environment. And tyres are another classic example. No one begrudges the fact that tyres are very important and they're critical to make sure that that we are getting safely uh, uh, from A to B and transporting all our goods, et cetera. But there's a real lack of understanding of the environmental consequences of essentially tyres, particularly tyre debris from uh, just general wear and tear. And this is where I think your your research is been you know, particularly fascinating is that you've tried to synthesize this information and put some numbers around it. And I guess, number one, the numbers are scary, but number two, there's still a real uh, lack of science and understanding around the potential impacts of this tyre debris. But yeah, so I guess to, to, to summarise what you said before about what, what a, what a tyre is made of, yeah, historically, they used to be made by a natural, uh, like a natural rubber. In more recent times, there are more and more of these, you know, weird, wonderful combination of materials and, uh, to be honest, nasty materials and chemicals as well. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Yeah, also a large part of the natural rubbers now is replaced by synthetic rubbers, especially for for passenger cars. Yeah, yeah. There also has been a discussion on, is it a plastic, uh, the tire rubber? Because natural rubber isn't synthetic, but in, in a way you make it synthetic by adding some sulfur to get the crosslinks, uh, to, to, to get it uh, mm. solid uh, stuff and, and add some mm. zinc to foster the reaction. And then it's also a compound, uh, the synthetic rubber is mixed through it. You have the carbon black, which is mixed through it. So we decided to call it a complete microplastic, but... Not everybody is, uh, agrees on that uh, still, but yeah. So, so I guess also, how do how do these tires actually break down and wear? Is it from just general driving, or is it more braking and accelerating? Accelerating is is, is a big one, uh, and and also cornering, uh, and and the, the alignment of your car is also important. Right. In, in, in electric cars, you see that uh, they accelerate much faster. Uh, mm. The tires wear a lot faster also in, in electrical cars. Uh, but if you see the, the buses for public transport, mm. their computer uh, restricts the, the, the acceleration. And that's not for tire wear, mm. but that's from passengers who just got on the bus to prevent them from falling. Yeah. But it, 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 it also helps to... <laughs> 
tireware uh, re- reduction. Uh, yeah. And it, it would be good if electric cars would have such a, a, a restriction on uh, in this software. So I guess everyone's seen, you know, someone doing a burnout at the uh, traffic lights and accelerating really quickly. Yeah. You see the black marks on the road. Obviously, if you're braking suddenly, you see the, you know, the skid marks on the road as well. But yeah, it's, you're, you're saying to me, it's, it's, it's those two things for sure, but it's just, I guess, general wear and tear as well, like turning corners and over time braking, braking up. Yeah. And similarly, I guess, um, I'm guessing with, with sort of electric cars, which are a little bit heavier and obviously people buying these big, SUVs and, you know, essentially the, the weight of the car is, is getting, I guess, on average, uh, higher. With heavier cars, you'd, you'd naturally see more wear and tear, I guess, as well. Yeah, but, but, but why should a car be that heavy? Uh, it's, it's, it's for, for safety reasons. I, I, I yeah, can, I can yeah. remember 40 years ago, a, a Mini weighs, uh, I think 600 kilograms or something. <laughs> now it's about, I think, 1400, 1500. Uh, <laughs> Oh, wow. And they, they, they use a lot of, of light materials in it, plastics and aluminium. Yeah, sure. and, hmm. but, but, but cars are much more heavier. How is this microplastics going from our roads and into our oceans? What is the key transport mechanism here? Depends very per, per country. Uh, Norway is, is very rocky. Uh, the, the main roads mm-hmm. are next to the sea. If, if it rains, it, it's probably 80% or more of, of the tire wear will run off in the sea directly. Mm. If, if you if you are in 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 a in, in a city in Holland, you will have the sewer system. Uh, mm. So the, the 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 runoff from the roads will get in the sewer, gets to the wastewater treatment plants, and there, ninety percent of it will will get into the sediments, and then it will be incinerated. Mm. Yeah, and you get everything in between. Part of it will be uh, get into the air as particulate matter, and, and that's. Could be uh, already dangerous for us uh, mm. because uh, if you look at the World Health Organization, they predicted uh, around four million people would die from uh, particulate matter in in air. Say tire wear, it's not quite clear, but in in a city, it could be something between one and five, six percent of of it could, could, could consist of tire wear of the particulate matter. So if the World Health Organization says about four million deaths a year from particulate matter, then you could argue that it would be possible that that few percent of finders yeah. or, or particular matter could also be the cause of that percentage of those 4 million deaths. Yeah, but you, yeah, you talk about just getting back to the sort of, I guess, the water pollution side of things in particular. So yeah, like you're right. So in, in various parts of the world, like I think Netherlands, you guys have what we call combined sewers. So the, the sewage, which comes out of your toilet and your bathroom and your laundry and your kitchen sink, that'll drain to a, what we call a sewer system. But, uh, in Netherlands and some parts of the world, yeah, that, that the stormwater runoff also drains to the same sewer system, which we call a combined sewer. And then that'll go to a uh, wastewater treatment plant. Yeah. In, in, in Holland, I, I think, I, I think since the 1980s or something, uh, we also have uh, separated sewers. Uh. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 I, I was surprised. Yeah. So in most, modern uh, parts of the world, we have separate systems. It's the same thing in Australia. In some parts of the US uh, and some parts of Britain, for example. So the majority of our listeners, for example, Peter, are Australian and New Zealand and American. But yeah, certainly in Australia, we have separate systems. So sewage goes to one sewage shrimp plant, but the stormwater system goes to a separate set of pipes. And generally, there's no treatment at all. So the stormwater will just run straight into the creeks and rivers and the oceans. Same thing in New Zealand. I think the, the majority of the US is similar. 
I guess for those areas, yeah, if, if you got microplastic contamination from tyres on your roads, it'll essentially, if it rains, it'll wash straight into the stormwater system and then end up into our waterways, creeks, rivers, bays, and ultimately yeah. our oceans. So those are the key transport mechanisms. So what you're saying to me is essentially stormwater runoff is the key way that this tyre debris is ending up in our oceans. Yeah, but a lot also will will be disposed next to the road uh, in the soil. The wind will take it a few meters and there the coarse yeah. particles will set and yeah. the fine particles can travel further. Uh, yeah, so where, where you do have, I guess, runoff from a road environment draining to a like a, a grassy area or, or some uh, basically some sort of natural uh, soil or, 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 or tree or vegetated area. Yeah, the, the, the microplastic, a lot of the microplastics will be retained within that sort of soil and plant environment. But what we are generally see is most of the uh, roads will will essentially drain straight into a what we call a stormwater pit, uh, and that'll that'll drain straight yeah. to a pipe, uh, and then that'll go straight to a creek or a river or something like that. So yeah, I guess where we don't have that interception, it'll drain to a creek or a river. But those stormwater pits are they big or just small? In Germany, you have them; uh, they, they, are, they are quite huge, and and there it's the, the meaning the the particles should set in the in the pond, uh, and then, then they, they empty the pond every now and then. Oh, no, we generally don't have anything like that. So our stormwater pits are very small, uh, essentially, typically located, say, every 100 metres or so, uh, and they have essentially no ability to store sediment. It'll enter a pit and then straight into a pipe. And like I said, sort of generally it goes straight into a waterway after that. Be great if we can intercept it. So some, some, um, particularly main roads in Australia and New Zealand, uh, sorry, in Australia, sorry, because I think they have very different standards in New Zealand, which I'll talk to a bit later. But in Australia, essentially the vast majority of our roads will drain straight into a, a stormwater system into, and then into a creek or river. Some of our major highways will drain into a, some sort of pond or a wetland environment where obviously a lot of that microplastics will be removed when it's attached to the sediment. The majority of our roads have uh, in Australia have zero treatment whatsoever. Um, so yeah, if, if there's debris on a, on a road in Australia, the likely outcome is that it'll drain to a waterway in, and in the ocean and obviously cause damage. In Holland, uh, if, if, if water enters a, a wastewater treatment plant, then the sludge, uh, is, is, uh, incinerated. So the microplastics in it, uh, will also be, uh, eliminated. But in Germany, just for just a few years ago, it, it, it would be used used as a fertilizer. In, in Holland, also, it was a fertilizer, but mm. now nowadays with, with microplastics and all pharmaceutical products uh, entering the sewer, it, it it's not suitable anymore. Uh, so it should be burned. Right. But, but wow. there are still countries for use as, as a fertilizer, uh, and yeah. then then you get the microplastics on the on on your farmland again. Uh, I didn't know that. That's that's really interesting. And I'm just to confirm: are the wastewater treatment plants, uh, at least in, in in the Netherlands, are they actually are they actually quite good at removing microplastics? So, is the majority of the microplastics in that sort of sewer uh, water are they actually removed by the treatment plant? The problem is you only have figures on particles, uh, say 300 microns or 200 microns and up. Right. And then we got figures from Norway and Sweden, and then you say that up to. Ninety-eight percent or something is removed. So most oh. of it is is removed then. But the, s- the smaller particles, because you s- you see that some papers, uh, some authors found particles up to thirty, forty nanometers, and mm. they, they they aren't detected. So y- you don't know. And most of those particles, they are that small, and yeah, they, they might sink, but you, you don't know that. 
Yeah. And that's the thing. So, yeah, like you might get 98% of removal of, say, particles greater than two or three millimetres. But, yeah, there's still a significant proportion of particles that are obviously much smaller than that. And you talked about the nanoparticles. And I'd suggest from a aquatic health perspective, particularly human health, is probably the, the smaller particles, I guess, have the most potential to do damage. Uh, recognizing that the big particles will break down uh, into smaller particles, but certainly the smaller particles will essentially enter the food web far more readily than, I guess, the bigger stuff. And that's when we start really, I guess, getting concerned about a, a human health uh, in particular, I would have thought. But who knows? This is the thing that I find really fascinating is that there's a rule, there's all these, the, the more, I guess, questions you answer, the, the, the more questions that sort of uh, come about. Yeah, and, and, and research on, on the subject on microplastics, uh, how toxic they are, that's it just started. Uh, that's in, really in its infancy. Uh, yeah. And, and because also, also the, the apparatus you need to detect them uh, in the environment is, yeah, you, you can de- detect some bigger particles. Say mm. if you have a tire particle of uh, 100 nanometers, uh, you can't detect it. Uh, yeah. you, you, the, the, the fairy particle, you, you, you can pyrolyze it, also uh, uh, make a gas of it and then look for traces in, in, the, in the particle. But you can't look at the particle, don't destroy it, and then see, oh, that's a tire particle. That's for 100 nanometers, it's not possible. Uh, so it's, it's, it's very difficult to detect them and then see what they do. Yeah, and, I, and this is one of the things your research talks about is that you, that you you try to collate all this data from all around the world, but everyone's using essentially different methods to measure microplastics and, and communicate their values. And, and so uh, that, that, that was, I guess, one of the more interesting things is that there's no sort of standard protocol that's utilized globally around quantifying or measuring microplastic contamination. Yeah. That's now the, the latest, uh, latest discussion in, in, in microplastic uh, science. Uh, some institutions mm. are now uh, starting to offer standardized particles for polyethylene mm. or polypropylene or those. Mm. And then you can buy a particle which is, uh, say, 30 nanometers uh, of a standardized uh, polyethylene. But for tires, mm. uh, they don't exist. And people making their own tire dust, some use it from, uh, from, from cryo milling. So you, so you add uh, liquid nitrogen and then you mill it and then you get smaller particles f- from a new tire. Other mm. ones uh, go to, uh, you have those uh, road simulators. They take some dust from a road simulator. Tires differ by brand. They have, they have a d- different yeah. recipe. Uh, the mixtures between natural rubber, Synthetic rubber, the stuff which is in to foster the process and the, the, the cobalt to get uh, adhesion to your metals, uh, that will be different in all tires. So you're correct. There's no standard material for a tire. Mm. It's very difficult. Thanks for listening to the Ocean Protect podcast. The episodes are released weekly and the next episode will feature part two of this chat. If you'd like to find out more about us and what we do, check us out at oceanprotect.com.au.